Welcome to Coach Aria's podcast, Coach to Lead. So today what we have is people who are experts in mediation. We go through each one. Lila here, she is a very, very experienced lawyer. She is probably one of the pioneers in the space of mediation in India, and she has been working with people outside of India in many spaces in the US and Singapore and other places. Tara, her daughter, she is a lawyer too. And she, between them, they run a company called CAMP, which is into mediation. Uh, Aparna works with them. So Chitra as well. Chitra has been a corporate executive for several years with Pepsi and several other companies. And she too is actively involved in mediation. The reason we wanted to bring mediation into this space of coaching is for two purposes. One, we believe that interventions which are somewhat similar, though the processes may be different to coaching, would be tremendously valuable to coaches in order for us to learn more about them and perhaps also participate in those. In case of mediation, this could be an enormous advantage for coaches for them to be trained over a period of time and also become mediators themselves. So in fact, there have been people who are not lawyers who have entered the space of mediation, who are now being trained. Vijay is on the panel now. She's one of those uh, coaches. She's a master coach. Uh, she's certified as a mediator at this point in time. I'm personally certified, and there will be more number of people who will be coming in here uh, over a period of time. So today, what we wanted the panel to be here is to have them explain to you what the process of mediation is. In some ways, uh, I believe that Coaching competencies are pretty much aligned to mediation, conflict resolution, mediation as a process. But Lila would explain to you the nuances of in what ways mediation would be uh, different. Chitra would probably come in and talk about how mediation can be very helpful uh, in the space of uh, the corporates, both internally and externally. And it's very possible that many of you might be over a period of time be attracted to and be interested in mediation, both for yourself to take part in or for the organizations that you work with in order to resolve disputes as an extension of coaching itself. So at this point in time, let me introduce you to the panel. Uh, Laila Olapalli here, Tara, Aparna, and Chitra. And I would invite Laila to go in first to tell us all about what mediation is and what mediation is not. On to you, Laila. So, um, hello, everybody. Wonderful to be a part of this. And thank you for the opportunity. I, I can share with you all my experience in mediation and how I feel that today the world has opened up the space to so many people. 30 years ago, when I joined the legal profession, it was a very, uh, very static space. All that we did was litigation and arbitration. But over the past few years, especially in India, the last 10 years, has made the dispute resolution space a very dynamic space. And this has come about with the introduction of the alternative dispute resolution. And mediation seems to be the mantra. In these past few years, I've seen every high court in the country, that is, we have about 25 high courts, all of them having, uh, almost all of them, having a court annex mediation program. 
many of our recent legislations like the Companies Act, the Commercial Courts Act, the real estate uh, laws, they've all included mediation. Recently, I, mean, I think today's paper said the income tax is also looking at uh, mediation. And uh, on August 7th, India signed the Singapore Mediation Convention, which gives enforceability to a cross-border mediated settlement. So really there is so much of conversations going on. In fact, there are conversations of whether mediation and arbitration can be combined. Um, these are all interesting developments. So um, we are excited in this space. Now to go into what is mediation? Mediation is a process where a third party neutral helps disputing parties resolve the dispute, help them to find mutually acceptable solutions. And the essential features of mediation, I think coaches are very familiar with. Self-determination. This is the only dispute resolution process which, which leaves the, dispute, the resolution, the outcome entirely to the parties. So this process is based on self-determination. It is confidential. It is voluntary. The parties can opt to stay in or move out at any point of time. It is also very flexible. And it is that flexibility of the process that makes it really dynamic. Why do I say flexible? The process is such that it is not bound by any of the legal structures of, uh, uh, of litigation. For example, the Evidence Act, Civil Procedure Code, none of these applies to mediation. So since it is party controlled, it is self-determination, party autonomy is the most important. So these kind of legal structures are not applicable to mediation. Similarly, Lawyers, it's not mandatory that lawyers are a part of the process. They can come in if the parties want to have legal perspectives, lawyers are brought in. Similarly, you can bring in other experts, technical experts, financial experts, um, maybe some relative who has an influence on the, on the decision making of the parties can also come into the process and bring in information onto the table to help the parties resolve their dispute. Even the mediator doesn't necessarily have to be a judge or a lawyer. You can have a judge, you can have a lawyer, you can have subject experts, you can have coaches. Um, for example, the, um, the Reliance dispute, which is one of the biggest companies in the country, when they had a dispute, they chose Mr. C.V. Kamath, who is not a lawyer or a judge, who is an expert in the business field, these parties wanted to have somebody who can really understand business and business relationships. So he was chosen as the mediator. Today, the profession is really opening to non-legal people. So mediation can be by any of these uh, subject experts, um, or anybody else provided the parties choose them to be a mediator. So this is what really gives the flexibility to the uh, 
mediation process. And um, I think what is the most important for a mediator is the process expertise. How do you use this process? The subject experts, we can bring them in, but the process expert expertise is really what the mediator should have. And in order to explain the process um, expertise, I can use an example of a mediation uh, which I did recently. And we didn't have lawyers in this mediation. It was a dispute between two heads of departments in a company. This was a German company. And these um, department heads were really finding it difficult to get along with each other. There was a conflict. The environment in the company became toxic. And that's when the management approached me. And I, I think this example would uh, resonate with the coaching crowd. So um, how did I go about this? Well, the first step that I did was to understand what is the objective of the company. Um, I realized it was enhanced collaboration between these department heads. I spoke to some crucial people to get an understanding of what was happening, what the company needed, then we design the process. A mediator designs the process. Each dispute is so unique that we design it. Who are the people who should come onto the table? Who sh what are the documents? What is the kind of information? So this is all designed. And um, that was the first step that we went through. And the, the objective, of course, as I mentioned, was enhanced collaboration. So we um, kind of plan that the outcome of the mediation, the goal in the mediation would be to get the parties to work out enhanced collaboration worksheet. They would prepare that, say party A and party B would prepare that worksheet and the management would approve it, how they are comfortable with that work worksheet. So the first um, after this was um, structured and designed, the first two sessions, I had separate sessions with each of the parties. And that session was to really, I would say it was kind of conflict coaching that you all frequently do, uh, trying to understand what is the conflict about? What are their perspectives to connect with them, to build a rapport? So, that's what we did and also help them to tell their story in a way that they see themselves not as victims, but as players. When you become part of the problem, you become a part of the solution. So that's a kind of a shift that I worked with them for on the first session. That was the first two sessions were separately with the parties. The third session is when I brought them together and I would call that the enhanced collaboration dialogue which was created. And essentially that was a dialogue using active listening techniques where they were able to have some of those difficult conversations with me guiding them on active listening techniques. So um, in this session is when they understood each other, at least they tried to understand 
each other's perspectives. They try to um, work with underlying interests of both the parties, build some kind of bridges that were built. That was the uh, enhanced collaboration dialogue session. The next session, the uh, both the parties worked at what they would need from each other and from the organization in order to move and align themselves more to the values of the company. So in this session together, they prepared a wish list of what they may need. And the last session was when the management also came in and gave their inputs to the wish list. And we finally prepared the enhanced collaboration worksheet. And the elements of this enhanced collaboration worksheet, one, how would they handle differences in the future? They had their own thoughts on that. Secondly, how would they improve their communication? What are the activities they need in the organization to improve their communication and build a rapport to connect the teams together? They also worked at um, how do they get over the obstacles that existed and which were common irritants. So these were all factors that were there in that uh, enhanced collaboration worksheet. And it's uh, later when I met the CEO, she said that the environment in the office is much lighter. And, and then I reminded the CEO that requirements in the worksheet were to be there on an ongoing basis. It is not something which will happen immediately, but they, they knew how they would work with this. And it was something that they created. It was self-determination. And I am confident that they will continue to work with this. So this is why, Ram, I feel that there are many similarities. There are differences in the sense we work with two several parties. Uh, but at the same time, there are so many elements of coaching that goes into the mediation session. When we have our private sessions, it is coaching. We help them to continue the relationship using coaching techniques. So mediation uh, uses several aspects of coaching. And I believe this is a transferable skill. Mediators can learn how to be coaches and coaches can learn how to be mediators. So this is my view on that. Excellent, Laila. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I, I just want to share with the audience a couple of things. One is that uh, the way that Laila explained it, many of you would have picked up. And I mean, Lyla, I have not presented to her the ICF coaching competencies, but the concepts of active listening and preparing in terms of contracting and so on and so forth are so much in line with what uh, in coaching one does. Primarily, the difference that I see at a, at a most superficial level, as it were, is that by and large, we tend to use coaching as a one-on-one -on -one, uh, interaction. So you have a client and you have a coach, but many of us are now moving into the larger systemic coaching space where there are multiple people involved. So mediation is basically a form of systemic intervention where the coaching skills could be very powerful. Like Lila explained, it's not about the subject matter expertise. It could be in a technology company where you need somebody who's a technology expert. 
It could be in a banking and finance industry where there could be a guy who's a financial expert, like she mentioned in the case of Reliance, a business expert. And there could be someone standing by as a lawyer to be able to advise on certain issues which might get complicated. But a large part of the process is very, very simply one which is very similar to coaching, which is about resolution. And, and the resolution uh, in this particular case, the, this form of mediation as, as Biji and I both went through this program that was arranged by camp about a couple of months ago, it's called interest-based negotiation. And in interest-based negotiation, I couldn't find any difference at all between what we did as coaches and what we're, we were required to do as uh, mediators as well. And Laila was also talking about something called transformational uh, mediation, which probably for many coaches who are deeper into that whole aspect of awareness creation, it's probably far more important. Laila, would you like to speak briefly about uh, transformational coaching? Yes, Ram. Essentially, we mediators say mm -hmm. that there is evaluative mediation, facilitative mediation, and transformational mediation. Evaluative is when there is a need for strong legal kind of analysis and um, you know, it, it's very evaluative. You predict what the outcome in court would be. And they say judges are very good at evaluative mediation. Facilitative mediation is where you facilitate those conversations and get those kind of evaluations if it's required mm -hmm. from the lawyers. The, the example that I, I gave you now, that is a transformative mediation. You, you are uh, kind of working with the parties to transform the way they look at things. So there is, I think that's where coaching possibly is really useful because you work with them to, uh, to look at things a little differently. Uh, sometimes in matrimonial uh, mediations or in mediations like this, or sometimes even in family mediations, uh, brothers or families in dispute, there is more of transformative mediation. In case there is a conflict uh, in the wish list of the incumbents in an organization, uh, who resolves this? Is it the organizational call? Is it a coach? Is it a mediation specialist? Well, some, some uh, nowadays, especially in the Western countries, um, they have in-house mediation facilities. Um, it's not yet there in organizations here, and that's why they refer mm -hmm. it to an outside mediator. Does becoming a mediator require accreditation uh, or a licensing of any form? Okay, so we really have not come to accreditation. If you are a court annex mediator, then the court certifies you. Otherwise, if you do a mediation with CAMP, CAMP certifies, the government has not really come with any accreditation as yet. Uh, yeah, just to add to that is, of course, there are bodies like uh, the Singapore Mediation Council yeah. and uh, the, I, my... yeah, the Netherlands uh, Mediation Council, which are globally recognized bodies similar to the International Coaching Federation who provide you the mediation, which currently is CAMP working towards getting the accreditation training facilities with them so that they can eventually do that here as well. So at the moment, th there are a few uh, mediation training uh, agencies. Uh, CAMP is one of the uh, probably uh, the most experienced in this space as far as I know, and that's where we attended it. Can you explain the difference between facilitative and transformative a bit more, Laila? Okay. So in a facilitative mediation, 
it is uh, the, the mediator facilitates the communication mediator facilitates the information coming onto the table and helps the parties to take an informed decision but the mediator really does not work too much at the uh, at the transformation of the person it is always we do deal with the past uh, to the extent that is required to help the parties really explain their uh, the, the motivation for the dispute well what is the underlying mm -hmm. interest and also to help them handle some of the emotions so that they can come into uh, a situation where they can take good informed decisions so the extent of transforming the person is limited whereas in a transformative mediation like the mediation that i explained to you we put in place systems so that they can continue to work together and uh, it it is something which is on an ongoing basis in fact one of the requirements was that they would help, get help with a coach if the conflict gets hard for them to manage they would go and get help the organization would provide them with coaching uh, support so a transformational mediation is attempting to transform the behavioral patterns to some extent yeah lela we both talked about it um us just to uh, go into this when lela and i had a discussion earlier uh, that is where we found probably the greatest synergy between coaching where creating awareness is a very uh, important part of the whole process and normally in mediation you may not necessarily go deeper into that awareness creation it's primarily about getting into an end point where both the parties are able to agree on something more on ahead with it and they want to settle their dispute and more on ahead but there are certain cases where if it is possible to create a much deeper awareness of uh, in terms of how their interests can be made congruent for example if that is likely to happen then the whole mediation process itself takes a very transformational nature such as what a coaching would do in uh, a, a systemic multiple client uh, interfacing uh, lala what kind of cases is mediation that you are referring to as more relevant to uh, application family marriage business and other part of the question is isn't family marriage mediation more like a counseling what are the additional qualification that would be needed for a mediator Uh, uh there is a difference between counseling and mediation counseling is when you really go deep into the uh, uh you know the, the effort is to heal the person that's counseling whereas mediation our objective is uh, objective is very clear how do you resolve the dispute so um Uh, mediation we focus on the terms of uh, settlement how the resolution can happen and um, <clears throat> yes um, you're right in family disputes in uh, matrimonial disputes uh, the mediator has to be much more engaged with the transformational or the emotional aspects than in commercial disputes that doesn't mean that in commercial disputes there are no emotions there are plenty of emotions that we deal with but uh, often in commercial disputes there is no ongoing relationship after the mediation or not too often 
but in case of family disputes matrimonial disputes there is um, much more uh, of a need for ongoing relationship uh, structures to be put in place yeah just to add to what you're saying uh, ruta when i try to explain at a very basic level the differences between coaching counseling consulting therapy and so on i generally use uh, two axes uh, the vertical axis being a spectrum between future and past and the horizontal axis being one between uh, moving from a spectrum of telling to asking uh, generally uh, coaching would lie on the high end of the future and the high end of the asking in mediation too it's pretty much very similar to that because it's pretty much future oriented it's in terms of arriving at a conclusion and it's very much like laila said earlier it's a determination self determination it's about the asking individual exploration whereas in counseling i'm not disputing the fact that they could be counselors who are extremely good and who would look at the future as well but as defined counseling would very much like laila said is a healing process where it's about the emotions allowing people to reach a catharsis and while it is very much the asking process there's no telling process involved in that it need not always be too much into the future it's very much in the present moment at that point in time how do you make the person feel better if in the process if they are able to resolve something um that's great so in marriage counseling for example yes of course the end objective is to make the two parties come together in some way or another but at the same time it is not as clearly defined as an outcome a specific outcome apart from that in terms of the future as they would be in coaching or mediation but uh, this is something very broad and it, i'm i'm sure that someone would be able to say no no this is not correct i know of counseling um which is a lot more future focused as well perfectly okay but this is generally uh like one other question that has been i can i just add to yeah. what you said um, yeah. Yeah. ram sometimes in mediation we do really have to go into the um, into the past like in a in a dispute between two founders of a startup company i had to go I mean, the lady that it is a man and a woman and this woman had an earlier divorce and she had a failed startup earlier and she was coming to negotiate the uh, the difficulties with the second startup i really could not bring her to the negotiation table without addressing her emotions regarding her first failed startup and her failed marriage so the mediator has to go into that but there is a point of time when you say now i'm going to draw the line to the past and now let's look at the future yeah so i i think i we don't go into the past like the counselors do but to some extent we do go into the past to understand what are the underlying interests and also mm-hmm. to help them access their logical brain if it's the emotional brain if it's the limbic brain then they are not able to take those decisions and we work with that also a bit yeah absolutely a uh, brilliant uh, laila so one of the questions earlier questions what format does the enhanced collaboration worksheet take and what guidelines for its content okay so this is where i was looking at the uh, dynamic nature of mediation 
once you're a process expert you, you can i mean this this is something which you innovate and depending on each one's uh, each case uh, you work with it i mean you can read several textbooks uh, but eventually when you have that process expertise you know where you're getting and you you do it rather intuitively so it comes okay um there was a question which i've just answered solution focused counseling um as a particular niche of counseling has similar objective to mediation absolutely could be as well for coaching as well so i i find tremendously there's a lot in common and one of the reasons i would say that is carl rogers who's considered to be father of counseling as far as i'm concerned and what we teach is he's also the father of coaching and his whole concept of unconditional positive regard and so on are as relevant to coaching as it would be to counseling and it would also be relevant to mediation as well because uh, the people who are mediating has to have they have really have to have that regard for the clients with whom they are working a uh, question from grace it seems to me that for commercial corporate companies while the nature isn't primarily emotional <clears throat> if the outcome is to succeed uh, that is to be more than simply compliant more than the, to have true collaboration it seems to me that some degree of transformation uh, etc must be involved uh probably the answer is yes uh, um the fundamental point uh, grace making is to have true collaboration in a corporate environment there should be some degree of transformation uh that needs to happen uh in 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 terms of the resolution absolutely absolutely yeah. okay. at least it has to be addressed yeah absolutely okay so um let us before we move on to chitra to talk about a few uh, cases in her corporate experience that she has come across with now that she is wearing a mediator's hat how it be done uh, is there anything else that you want to cover before we move on to chitra as well uh, i i think there you know there are no uh, strict lines nowadays people are combining so many of these roles uh, uh, we have mediation coaching parties are coached to participate in mediation or pre mediation a coach comes in and prepares uh, the parties or post mediation uh, there's a coach coming in so these lines are blurring between counseling and uh, coaching and mediation and yet the focus changes as you move from one to the other yeah especially in listening for people i think that's an extraordinarily important criterion not only for the mediator but for the parties involved so chitra would you like to come in and talk about some of your experiences okay um hello everybody and uh, thank you lila for setting that context what i'd like to really stress upon is two two points first is why is mediation becoming increasingly a preferred alternative dispute resolution option and two where do coaches given they are so integral to organization growth organizations uh, development where do they fit and where is the common ground with mediation let me address the first issue why is mediation becoming increasingly important in the commercial sphere um the west particularly countries like us and some of the more developed countries which has which has in the past had cross border businesses have found any disputes 
the minute it goes into arbitration or litigation, is very, very expensive and time consuming. And the flip side is when they go into mediation, they find it's rational arguments which are mediated by experts to come through with some sort of a solution. Now what happens in such situations, however complex or simple that the mediation, that this issue in a commercial sphere is, what it has proven time and again is it saves time, it saves cost, it saves reputation, it sort of preserves the confidentiality, it embodies some sort of an integrity of process, and above all, it's enforceable. So when you take all these ingredients, it genuinely delivers what I would say a very good win-win solution for both commercial parties. And that's why countries like USA and others have rooted for commercial mediation for many, many decades. And the Asian countries are now catching on. Closer home, if I talk about India, Lila touched on this. Um, we have the commercial court, which has now made mediation mandatory when it comes to commercial disputes. And um, likewise, the Singapore Convention, where 46 countries signed an agreement to make mediation a first preferred option, it just shows the Asian countries, including China, who's a signatory, that they all believe that in commercial disputes, it makes eminent sense to go for mediation before you think of arbitration or litigation. And that is where, when you think about coaches, the role of coaches in any organization and the skill sets that they bring in, when we've done our thinking around it, we find all of those skills honed a little more makes great mediators amongst the coaches. And before I share how those skills really fit, let me take a few very quick case studies. Okay, I'll keep this very simple and brief in the interest of time. And a couple of these cases, some where mediation was the first preferred option, and some, you know, after going through a bit of pain, they went to mediation. The first example I can talk to you about is a very famous example is Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook. When, he, when Facebook started becoming pretty popular and it was making money, two of his buddies who were in Harvard, the Winklevoss twins as they are called, filed a case on him to say that we were one of the founders of Facebook at Harvard and therefore we need to get as much of the money as he has. This went into a huge, and you can imagine the high stakes in it. And what really happened is they called in an expert mediator and without going into details, it's all written in books and magazines, they managed to resolve. And the beauty of it is both parties came out as winners and no party felt they were losers. And what is most surprising is the same twins who took the case on Mark is now, going to, uh, is now going to be working with Facebook on the digital currency. You know, the, the twins have made uh, billionaires through their very famous Bitcoin business and enterprise. And now that Facebook has got its own digital currency, Libra, they both 
going to work again. So what mediation in this case has done is, even in an extreme situation where there was so much enmity at that time, got resolved through mediation, and now their relationship is continuing for the next phase of business. And it tells you the ill will is gone through mediation. So that's a great example. The second big example is Lehman Brothers. You would all know that back in 2008, when the financial, global financial meltdown happened, and Lehman Brothers was the first one that went under bankruptcy, they had, again, expert mediators come and resolve this entire issue. It's a very complex one, but they did it. So what we are really saying is commercial dispute, big or small, can go through the filter of mediation. I think that's a huge, huge um, point to remember. Even in India, I can tell you two cases where they realized mediation was the right way to go, but a little later, and now they've gone that way. The first one was McDonald's. McDonald's had two franchisees in India, very good business, which grew very well for about 10 years plus. And then they ran into some differences with one of their franchisees, and they're big franchisees. And for the last four years, they were squabbling, there was spat, loss of business, and huge, huge issues in the, whole, in the whole industry. And McDonald's lost extensively in terms of market share. And it made ugly news. Then they realized the best way to resolve this is through mediation. And that's exactly what's happening currently. And they're close to a solution, almost done. The other case which I can, again, talk about is PepsiCo. PepsiCo in India went on to file a case on a small handful of Gujarat farmers on what you consider a proprietary potato seeds, which these farmers got through some source which they didn't think was legit. And PepsiCo filed a case on these half a dozen farmers. The media went ballistic. They, it was like the story of you know, David and Goliath. And they said, how could a huge MNC crucified a half a dozen farmers and PepsiCo later realized they should have actually mediated this issue. They knew they were on the right side and the farmers were not on the right side and then they got someone to come and mediate. So here are those a few quick cases to just tell you however big, however complex, mediation clearly in the commercial space is the first preferred option. And if it doesn't work, or you could get arbitration, litigation, and we all know the downsides of it. So that's, without dwelling too much, um, I think all corporates today, both out in the West and in Asia, feel, however big or small they are, feel it is mandatory to have their contracts with mediation as the first option and then they can go into arbitration or litigation if mediation doesn't work. So let's think about companies increasingly or the commercial space increasingly requiring tons of mediators in the future because of the economic activity, not just domestically, but cross-border internationally. So that's the context. Now, where do coaches, with all their soft skills that we know, and you as coaches know, what your soft skills are. And 
if you think about mediation, which uh, Lila spent extensive you know, time on the process, the skill sets that's required is very much what the mediators really have what, and the coaches have. And I just, I've noted it down for the sake of brevity. Yeah, Chitra, uh, if I may interrupt you, there's a question for you, which would be relevant before we go there. Yeah. Uh, you talked about external issues as far as corporates are concerned, where mediation becomes uh, uh, an accepted practice. Elaine has asked a question, which is about internal mediation within employees. Maybe it's between unions and employees, or in this particular case, she asked a question about employee conflict, termination, for example, and so on. Uh, how much of mediation uh, can be used in such cases? Absolutely. I think increasingly mediation will become the force because normally this internal conflicts start to get resolved by managers or by HR mm -hmm. or you get sent through some coaching. But I think in order to bring a very objective resolution to whatever conflicts you call uh, that an organization has, they will be turning to mediators. And so the answer is mediation to resolve internal conflicts will be increasingly the way to go. And it will, uh, yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, I mean, with my own experiences for several years, uh, I mean, these days they're not that common when we used to have major union settlements in large companies. And it, it, what was really practiced was mediation. Otherwise, everything would have gone to the courts. But there were people who sat down and negotiated and arrived at uh, solutions or contract. Uh, so, sorry, I, I stopped you from going into whatever you're going into. Yeah, no, no. And, and to your point, Ron, that's exactly, I've, I've negotiated with the unions and I find that if I'm directly negotiating with them, and this, I'm talking about 20 years ago with very tough unions in the Western part of India, you know, it was always good to bring in uh, so-called mediators. Those days we didn't have tra really trained mediators, but those who knew the psychology of both sides and the commercial, uh, you know, uh, imperatives on both sides. So to, to the question asked by one of the attendees is absolutely, this is going to be a very big point of growth for mediators as an opportunity. And that's where I think coming to the point that I was going to just make is the common ground that coaches and mediators have. See, both are solution driven. And the process in a broad sense is very, very similar. So whether you're doing coaching or whether you are in the, in the process of mediation, what do you do? You facilitate and support the parties. You very constructively, you want to do that very, very constructively. You sort of follow a process um, and you follow a process where you want to be sure that the parties feel they are in control of the process. You are not imposing stuff. And that I think is very, very important. As Lila mentioned, you do that in coaching and you'll do that in mediation. And at the end of that process, you want to ensure that there is a timely solution, it's confidential, and it gets implemented. So all the soft skills that the coaches have is very, very similar, and I cannot help but say really similar to what the mediators have. So that is the big, big, uh, the big, big commonality. Now, where we feel the coaches really need to hone their skill for mediation is if the, um, if the commercial interests are so, the stakes are high 
and the commercial interests that you're talking about in the businesses are big, you may need help of business experts. And this is where it goes uh, to Lila's point. You can bring in all kinds of experts into that mediation process. So thinking about it, have to have necessarily a legal background, a legal understanding is good. And that's where the training or certification of mediators will help coaches navigate the process. But fundamentally, if you ask me, almost 70% of the coaching skills automatically fit the mediation skill. And there is that 30% where I feel, you know, you need to hone your skill in the space of mediation. So in sort of a summary, in the interest of time, I think Tara might definitely put it. I'll quickly say the requirements for mediators are going to grow exponentially. Coaches are in a very prime position to become mediators. And therefore, I would urge coaches to look at the space very positively and add a dimension to their professional skill. Thanks, Chitra. Uh, now, I just would like to move to Tara for a few moments uh, before we close. Uh, Tara, I, I would like you to say a little bit about what you guys are doing with CAMP. Uh, to me, uh, one of the things that tremendously inspires me is the kind of passion with which uh, you, you are promoting mediation. I know Lila and you for uh, years have been doing this, and which is why I, I, I'm very, I find it extremely similar to the way that we went about coaching in terms of creating the awareness and making it uh, a kind of a mainline solution, mainstream solution. And that's what you're trying to do as far as mediation is concerned. So would you like to say a little bit about, yeah, what, what are the things that you're trying to do now? And also potentially uh, the kind of mastery webinar series that uh, you might be offering for coaches to be trained as mediators with some certification, both from camp as well as from other institutions. Thank you. Thank you, Ram. Thank you for uh, being together and for bringing in the coaching community to hear more about mediation. Um, as you've heard, the the environment is, uh, is, is well poised for this process to take off uh, from the internal voice of Chitra, the, uh, the corporate voice of Chitra. There is a need uh, for this process and coaches are well placed to enter or so extend the skills that they currently have um, to get into the mediation space as well. And in view of that, after the training that uh, Ram did with us and uh, Viji too did uh, with us in Singapore International Mediation Center, um, we started having these conversations on how can we bring out this training to the community in a, uh, in a tangible, real way. Uh, CAMP is a, is, is, a, is a private mediation institution. Uh, we are set up with the focus of encouraging disputes to go into mediation at the pre-litigation stage or before parties need to access the court system, can they access mediation? And, and that, that's the drive that we have to set up CAMP. Another integral um, objective of CAMP is to create uh, professional mediators. Um, and for that, training is an important aspect. Um, we uh, typically it's it's over a forty hour training that uh, that we conduct to to 
to um, go through mediation training. But with uh, Coach Arya, what we're trying to do is to build a mediation training program that will have both ICF certification and IMI. So uh, IMI is the International Mediation Institute that provides international level uh, certification for training programs. Um, and we are working with this uh, institution in the United States called Edwards Mediation Academy, which was uh, started Bruce Edwards, a leading mediator in the United States, one of the early mediators in the United States. So Bruce and his wife, uh, Sue, have built this online training program. It's basically a pre-recorded training program. And with Coach Arya, Camp is working to see how we can use that uh, as a resource so that we can build a program that ICF and IMI certification where there will be facilitators facilitating uh, the participants through 30 hours of live online instruction in addition to 40 hours of pre-recorded training through EMA, the Edwards Mediation Academy. And through a combination where we can do simulations, role plays, um, act as mediators, hone the communication, listening um, skills that we, uh, negotiation skills that we do in mediation, uh, we hope to be able to put together this program. So as I said, one of our objectives is to be able to create more mediators out there in a community more mediators that are, more mediation gets to be known, more disputes that go into mediation, more disputes that are saved from going into the, the arduous process of litigation and arbitration. So uh, a call out to this community, perfectly primed to, to expand your skill, get into this space as well. And we will be working with uh, Kocharya, Ram and Magda to bring this more out to the community. And we look forward to working with all of you on this. Thanks, uh, Tara. Um, it'll be fantastic to partner with you guys. Thank you for our lovely panelists. Um, this was super informative and practical um, in addition to inspirational. I think it's great to hear what coaches can, how they can utilize their existing skills in other areas. So I'm really looking forward to the training series you're going to be doing with us later this year. Thank you, Magda. Thank you all panelists, Laila, Tara, Chitra, Aparna, and Vijay. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We launch new episodes weekly. To learn more about coaching, leadership, and self-development, visit us at kocharya.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A.com. See you next time.